Yo, boys, this is the NLX2 podcast coming at you live with your boy P. Diddy. But I know that I've heard his name before, and it sounds exactly. like a fitting time. Hey, I've, I've actually seen him in the Mall of America. Did yeah, you really? He did. He. Yep. I don't know what he was doing there. He was doing some kind of release party or something. Huh. But nonchalant, he, like without having, uh, um, he wasn't having a meeting or anything. I ran into Wiz Khalifa in Denver. Dang. Him and his wife, and I didn't know it was Wiz until I saw his wife at the time. Yeah. You can, you yeah. know, when you see Amber Rose, like you, oh, you yeah. know who it is, you know, like. The and then I was like, yeah. <laughs> "That's got to be Wiz." <laughs> it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. It, isn't it crazy though? How like you like see a superstar in person, and then you realize they're just a they're regular just human. Person. Yeah, they're like just human. Human. Yeah. yeah, like I, I have a I have a teammate that played at Creighton. And his best friend at Creighton, because he transferred to UND, his best friend at Creighton was Justin Patton, who was the top 15 pick in the NBA draft three years ago. Yep. So he played for the Timberwolves, the Sixers with Jimmy Butler, and then he played for uh, the Thunder with Chris Paul and them. And I'm like talking to him, asking him, like, oh, what's D. Rose like? Dang. What's Chris Paul like? <laughs> He's just like, they're regular people. You know? Yeah, like, dude. They're just, but it, like the media with that, we just kind of get in this like, idolization and a following of just like the standard the standard and they're just regular people like us you know like they deal with the same type of issues well and i think in getting us into a more current event um talking about covid19 that really puts it on a level like those are just real people like i'm a denver broncos fan von miller's sicker than a dog right now like (laughs) he got covid like you get uh, tom hanks that gets it like it's it's this great equalizer that, like, we're we're all human, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's something that has totally put us on an even playing field. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, man. Yeah. So I better kick it off with like uh, letting everyone know who our guests are. Yeah, we got, that'd be good. We don't got Pete Idiot now. <laughs> we got we got two uh, a brother and a sister, probably the coolest brother and sister duo I know. Let's go. Um, we got Allie Moody. Uh, she played volleyball for NDSU, and then we got On and Moody. Uh, he played for UND basketball, and now he's transferring out, and we're going to get into that a little bit. Yes, sir. So, but what's up, guys? Um, the yes. sky is what's up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, yeah. and the she, ceiling, she hasn't the ceiling changed is since up, high school, too. Okay, so <laughs> college has not changed yeah. her. I coach, I coach, like, fourth graders, and I ask them what's up every day. The sky. And every day they say the same thing, the sky. And I'm, yeah. And, it, it, and I answer, I, I follow with, are you kidding me? Like, that's, <laughs> that's the best one you got? Oh, <laughs> but there we go. So, yeah, Anand, you're, you're, uh, you're transferring out. What's up with that, man? North Dakota boy, just uh, living out that dream. I was reading an article, like everybody's saying, like this North Dakota kid um, living that dream, playing D one in his home state. Like, let's let's get to the roots of that. What's 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 behind the decision? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy the way everything panned out. Like uh, out of high school, I guess I didn't have a lot of options, Division one wise, and I knew I wanted to play Division one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so. that along with the fact that I'm six two, we can't we can't run away from this fact that I'm six two, I'm 175 pounds, and I'm vertically challenged. So we can't run away from that. So like I, I kind of broke it down when I was in high school. Like as a junior, I committed, and it was early, but it was like, well, if I stay in state, that will give me more of like leverage mm-hmm. to be able to play at the university that I go to. But if I go out of state, it's like, okay, it's the exact opposite. He's just a North Dakota kid that doesn't know how to play. Yeah, you know, nobody comes from North Dakota. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to stay. I can't. Can't go to Weber State, Montana State, even though they were quite kind of like recruiting me lightly. It was mm-hmm. like I can't even explore this. I gotta stay. NDC or UND. Yeah. And now it's kind of crazy because uh, I played my 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 freshman year, and I averaged about ten a game off the bench as a shooter. And now in the game of basketball, like maybe ten years ago, I wouldn't even be a prospect. But now that shooting. And thank God for Steph Curry and all those guys (laughs) for paving the the way for me. But I wouldn't be nearly as valuable. I was just talking to my assistant coach at uh, SUU about the Jordan documentary. And they're saying when he was getting drafted, like, oh, he's only 6'6". He can't carry a team. It's like... Who says that nowadays? Yeah. You got to be a seven footer to carry a team. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, there was like four that. or five people that said that in the documentary. Man, exactly. <laughs> and that's what they were saying on ESPN. Can you imagine if they said that in today's age? Yeah. And so like it's the game has changed so much. Like I even saw 
in the the national championship game where Jordan hit the game winner, mm. bro, they were playing a two three zone and he was on the backside and caught a mid range jumper wide open. Yeah. You're in a two three zone. <laughs> no respect. Like, th- no respect. For the jump, for yeah, the jump shot was non existent. So yeah. like, um, anyway, today today's game is just so much different that like every team needs shooting. Like yeah. every single team. So. I had probably 40, 50 phone calls in like three oh days. My. Like my phone was about to go crazy. Like it was about to shut down. Wow. I was thinking about getting a business sell. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's go. It was, it was unreal. So like that process was just crazy because I've never been highly recruited. And yeah. it's like the schools that do come at you in high school, they come at you in increments. Yep. Maybe yep. your sophomore year, you get two or three schools, you know, and then yep. junior year, you got a couple more. Senior year, you got a couple more. I'm telling you, 40, 50 schools in three Dang. days. It's unreal. And then it's like, it, it's like, at some point, it's like, you know, do I even like answer this phone call? Yeah. Like, yeah. man, I, I already have my options set. You yeah. know, I wanted this school, this. And then it's like, okay, more come in, more yeah. come in. So the time that I actually committed, I had, uh, not that I committed, but the, I was kind of set in my way. I'm going to go here, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then I had Moorhead State from Kentucky, high major division one. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Southern Illinois, they're yep. mid to high major. And then uh, Omaha. And then I had Cal State Fullerton, and they oh, just wow. beat UCLA last year. Yeah. You know, so I had these. And actually, it's crazy, though, because um, a lot of schools didn't know about my red shirt. And a lot of people didn't know that I'd get a year. Um, I, I would get a year back from that, and I would be able to play right away when I transferred. Your medical. Okay. Yeah, I would get yeah. my medical because yeah, yeah. yeah. I was hurt last year, right? So I okay. tore my labrum. Yep. And so uh, basically on this draft portal, it's kind of a crazy thing. On this draft portal, you have a profile, and it says, like, how many years you have. And it said I had two years. But then it says, oh, yeah. will he be able to play right away, or does he have to sit out a year? Because the transfer rule, right? Yep, yep. And it said that I had to sit out a year, and I only had two years. And so basically, Division One teams are looking at like, hey, you is one year. Why are we going to take a chance on this exactly. dude? Yeah. But I had three. And oh, SUU geez. knew that. They okay. did their homework on me right away. So then yep. I talked to their coaches. Their coaches are awesome. They're in the Big Sky Conference, yep. and yep. that's what we were in before we came into the summit at UND. So my head coach, Coach Jones, he's at uh, Illinois State. Talk to him. He's like, oh, man, Simon's a great guy. You know, he's going to use you the right way. And it was like nothing that they're telling you was like BS. You can mm-hmm. trust his word. Because they sent me, bro, I'm, they sent me after the first couple of days. They sent me this like graphic. It had a picture of me on it. It said, On and Moody, help us. And it, it, said, future, it said future Big Sky Player of the Year. There we go. And then future Big Sky Champion. Like they have high hopes for me. So I'm yeah. like, dang, if I go into a situation like this. Yeah. First of all, though, I didn't even want to believe it. Yeah, it, it's it's like come on, man. Well, you have like, fifty I, other schools looking yeah, at it. Yeah, you know? doing the same thing too. Like, hey, yeah, you're gonna come in here and start. You're gonna do this. It's like yep. you know what makes you different. I don't know that. I was told the same stuff out of high school. You know. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, man, I just know so many teammates that get sold the dream and then they go into the team and then the coach is like, well, I already got him, so I yeah. can do whatever I want with him. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So I'm another like, number at that point. Exactly. So I'm yeah. like, what? What's the chance that this is even real? I talk to yeah. my coach, you know, and I confront him about it. Hey, is this real? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. We think you could be, you know, future Biscay Player of the Year for sure. Yeah. You know, and it's like, whoa, okay, all right. I, I like the way you guys are talking. Yeah, the confidence you know? in you, dude. Exactly. That's cool. that's like cool. you're gonna give me every chance to succeed. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of why I went there. It was more so a basketball decision. Like I talked to you a little bit about PT. Yeah. I want to do PT, um, and they have an exercise science program. Okay. That's very good. But the strength and conditioning coach they have there, um, I don't know if there's like this award that sixteen or eighteen get year round. It's like uh you get a you get a, like an honor for being like the top strength and conditioning coaches yep. in the mm-hmm. country. He got that, you know. Oh, so wow. like he's really big into like posture, which is what I'm into, mm-hmm. myofascial release, and kind of just like uh, movement analysis, biomechanics, 100%. functionality. Because like 100%. if you can, no matter how much you can lift, like this thing, my redshirt years, like I could lift just as much as these guys, and it's like okay, why does he have a 40 inch vert and I have a 32? Yeah, you know? he's more efficient. Yeah. yeah, and it's like why does his body move like this? My body moves like this, but I can move more weight than you. What, is, <laughs> what does that mean then? It yep. doesn't transfer. Yep. So um, that's I guess what sets those strength coaches apart, man. It's functionality. Yep. Yes. Yep. Functionality. Because uh, th- it it completely switched the whole industry. Completely got switched on its head. Used to be bench squat, deadlift. Fast. Doesn't matter if you're yeah. uh, if you're a basketball player, football player, or powerlifter. You got to do this. Yeah. And then it kind of got flipped on its head. It's like you're different than I am, so why should you train the same way I am? 
Yeah. You yes. know, so like we got to, we got to, we got to analyze, we got to make a whole portfolio of your movement, yep. make sure that you're moving correctly. And then we can work on getting you stronger. Exactly. Then we can, but you got to build a base. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You got to build the roots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Dropping bars. Yeah. I like it. I like but it. No, so that's, I, I love the fact that you're, you're into that though, because oh, like even at a division one, like we talked about just the levels of this, you yeah. know, like the division one schools, you always think, well, they have better players, better trainers, yep. better strength and conditioning coaches. My strength and conditioning coach played in the NFL, but that's just, that's not what he was into. It that doesn't make you a good coach. It, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So he wasn't into like the functionality of the human body. Yeah. It was just like, we need to get you beefy and yep. strong. It was but always it, lift heavy exactly. and just get as bulked as you can, but yep. that doesn't translate and to the field. Exactly, because you see like at the gym, you know, like big bulky football players, well, they have the worst feet in the world. They can't 100%. move. They can't even move. You know? And it's like, okay, you're strong, but does that translate to your sport? Yeah. So yep. like you have five teams, you probably do five different programs oh, with all five teams, and then each player has a different program. Yeah, dude. And I, that's how you get the best out of it. Exactly. And I... I honestly, I, my background, I played four years of college football as an outside linebacker. So it was that position where I'm not stuck in the mud. I'm not a D lineman, but I'm not a DB. Yeah. I'm not hybrid, you know? So I, my, my roots were in football. And then I got the opportunity to get to the men's and women's basketball side. And I was a little bit set off for a little bit, but then I just realized, dude, like th these are some athletes. These are, th this is, this is fun to completely flip it on its head from, okay, these are your numbers to, okay, you're moving like crap on the court. How can we fix mm -hmm. that? Yeah. You know? And the cool thing is, is at Dickinson state, um, like we were talking about that trickle down effect. I'm the first ever hired strength and conditioning coach ever. Wow. It used to be Word. your, nice. your, your head coach doing your training so or your weird. assistant. Yeah. So now no matter what I do, they're going to get better. But if you truly dive into the individual, it's, that's what D1 programs do. Yeah. That's what these yeah. big NFL Supposedly. teams do. Exactly. Supposedly. Some, some, of, them. some yeah. of them. A lot of know? it is politics and who you know. 100%. That's yeah. And, and that's the biggest, that's the scariest thing about strength and conditioning. Yeah. In strength and conditioning, you're pretty much tied to this head coach. So say you go 500 in a season, head coach is getting bagged. The next head coach is coming in has his guy. Yep. So yeah. you're the first one to go. The yeah. strength coach is the first guy to get out. Yeah. So you gotta, it's, that's why I'm in the private realm. That's why I own my own gym. Plus then I do the college yeah. stuff. Yeah. Gotta have it. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And I guess at that level, it might be different. Um, it because is. like it, with the level at like um, UND, um, it's like, there's so many different coaches. Like, like one coach oh, will yeah. have one sport. Right. Yeah. So they have like their own little like culture and like policy within like the kinesiology program um, and like the people that have went through that and now are strength and conditioning coaches. So no matter who comes in, it's just like, OK, you think you can bring your guy in here? No, we already have this. Exactly. In place. But here there's not that like cemented culture and like sustainability yep. of like this is, you know, what we go to. This is who we are. Exactly. And since you're the first one, I'm sure that. It holds a little bit more water, yeah. though, too. But all, all coaches got to get fired for you to go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's they true. all got to get fired. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't see that happening with the way the sports are going at DSU. Oh, man. They finally actually got um, got on the wagon, got the success rolling, finally. Yeah. So that's uh, – I'm happy for that. Do you think stuff. a big part of it was the conference change? Because because my dad my dad has been here for yeah, ages. Yeah, man. exactly. And he's your a dad's, fossil. and your dad has seen success. <laughs> I mean, your dad's seen success in the volleyball realm. Um, he's he's also seen years that it wasn't like it was when they were national champions. You know, exactly. so um, yes. It did have a lot to do going from the frontier to the North Star. Um, I My freshman year, I played in the frontier. So I was a true freshman, played my first year, um, started the whole year, and I got my ass kicked. That was a good it, conference, dude, wasn't it? Dude, that was when, yeah. when Rocky was, Rocky was legit. So yeah. Carol, everything. Carol yeah. they weren't testing for steroids at that time, so Carol was, <laughs> like, legit <laughs> good. And so, and so like... At that time, when we got into the North Star, North Star was a inferior conference. Now the frontier has kind of fallen apart. Yeah, yeah. You got Montana Tech. I'm talking more football uh, realm, but Montana Tech is this powerhouse. Rocky fell off. Carroll is terrible. Mm, and yeah. so nowadays, it doesn't have as much to do with that because we beat a few frontier teams. Yeah. But back then... 100 yeah, percent dude yeah. the reason why because my freshman year we won one game we beat jamestown everybody yeah. beats jamestown <laughs> um, so um but then after that i i, I lost two games 
in yep. the next three years. So it, yeah. it did have a lot to do with it. Yeah, because I know a lot of people, I guess my dad, but I don't know if he speaks for a lot of people. He, he was just kind of like just mad at the idea that like we're going to like downside, downgrade a conference because we're not competing. It's like, yeah. what else can we do to upgrade our athletic yeah, that's programs what you to do. compete? Yep. And it's like, yeah, so I think that kind of just fall victim mentality. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're just going to go down a level and so we can win. Yeah. It's like... You know, like, come on. Is it really, is it really, a, I mean, it is about winning, but it's like, you know, if. I think you, I think if we would have done it kind of like UND did in football. So you look at NDSU, they went up, they went into this superior conference. UND was supposed to go up and they're like, no, we're going to stay. But yeah. now yeah. UND built up and now UND is playing in the same conference this coming year as exactly. NDSU. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Instead yeah. of degrading a conference, yeah. stay in that conference, build up what you got to do. Um, and then you can jump instead of going down, you know. So. I think there was a lot of things that came into play, though, like with the accreditation and then like oh, yeah. and then like switching conferences. Once they started competing, the recruiting probably got that much better because they were that, winning, you yeah, know. That, 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 the, money, yeah. the money. The money came for in, sure. you know. Yeah. That's the so, thing. That, that, and, that, yeah. and now the biggest things, like obviously five conference championships in football, but now Dickinson State has the best in NAI or D2, the best weight room you could ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's unreal. And then plus, looking, we're very pampered with the BAC. I mean, for an NAI level, that's a legit place, dude. You don't see that anywhere else. So yeah, those sure. are two big recruiting things that have helped. Yeah. So I wanted to get into something uh, with you, Ali. Like volleyball. Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's talk a little bit because you played at D one at NDSU. So you guys have had similar experiences. But I wanted to know, like, was the training, the nutrition, was it all pretty, pretty at your next level? Um, or was it, was there different areas that were lacking too? Um, you know, I didn't really examine it too deeply. I kind of <laughs> just did what they told me to do. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't, there wasn't really any nutritional guidance other than there was a point where we had to send every single meal that we ate into our strength and conditioning coach yep. to make sure we had fruits, veggies, a carb and a protein, a mm. carb, like a grain. Um, and so that was kind of intense. But, yeah, other than that, no nutritional guidance, really. And the strength and conditioning program, we all, it wasn't fit to individuals at all. It was everyone did the same thing. If you had a, I don't know, if you were recovering from an injury, then there was some leeway there. But we all did. It was mostly Olympic lifting. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you can... If you can squat over two hundred pounds, then you're you're making and it. In volleyball, <laughs> like why would you need to do that? Right, like yeah. I literally, I literally could not move. Like yeah. it was hard. I don't know if it was from the heavy lifting like that. Yeah. I mean, we were power cleaning and squatting a bunch of weight all the time. And yeah. I I noticed a few months after I was done playing, I played in an alumni game. Yeah, and I could move like a freaking wow. spider really? monkey. Really? Like I was out there <laughs> yeah. getting every ball. I'm like just. Give me the whole back row, you guys. <laughs> and th this is me. And all I was doing for exercise was run I was training for a marathon, I think. So yeah. all I was doing was running. So wow. it was it was kind of crazy. And that gets us back to the money thing, too, yeah. a little bit. Um, me being acquaintances with Jim Kramer, he's the head strength coach for the football team. The football team generates the money at NDSU. Yeah. I and mean, that's just that's just uh, plain and simple. So they had their own nutritionist, and they've gone through two now. Mm -hmm. So then with that, like, the money's there. They're going to hire the nutritionist, you know. So it's even a trickle-down effect in big big D1, NDSU, UND, whatever it is. It's mm -hmm. um, where the money is is where the the um, the facilities, the services are going to come. You totally, know? yeah. And with that, I just want to – I know that my strength and conditioning coach isn't going to be listening to this but i just want to shout out jason miller <laughs> because i actually i had a really awesome strength and conditioning coach like yep. he cared about each and every one of us so deeply cool. so like i have i have no negative feelings toward any of them i just want to put that out there that's awesome but it just awesome. it didn't make my body feel good to do what they yeah what we had to do yeah and it goes back to that one size fits all thing like you have to uh focus each lift and everything around yeah. and that the individual could, and, athlete and that could work for say five of the 20 or 30 that are on the team totally. but you know so yeah. it's it's a tough game to be in it, it is it's uh you gotta you gotta be on your toes yeah so. yeah well let's get into something else like okay, so sorry. i guess like you guys started off uh i guess your whole families went division one what was like your upbringing and everything what made you guys like the intense athletes that you were because like throughout 
I guess I've known you guys pretty much throughout middle school and high school and everything. Saw on and like we were talking before this, we yeah. saw each other a lot in baseball and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, which he probably could have been a stud baseball player too. He's just <laughs> just a freak athlete overall, right? But uh, what made you guys that way? And and Nate's not here to talk, but like what what made you guys those athletes like from the early stages? Yeah, I'm going to let Anand start talking because, and we've talked about, although we're in the same family, we've had very different experiences and and we feel like our upbringing was kind of, it was different in a lot of ways. So yeah, for sure. I guess, I mean, the first thing is like, I think you mostly became a division one athlete just kind of off of (laughs) like, let's be honest, you're five ten. Like five athle- ten and three fourths without shoes. Oh, uh-huh, there we go. <laughs> five eleven, a five eleven female that has like natural coordination, yep. natural like hand eye skills, mm-hmm. and it's like that is that's like special in itself. So like no mm-hmm. matter if you played basketball or volleyball or track, like I think she long jumped like what was it like seventeen and a half feet? Yeah, um, like seventeen, I think seventeen seven yeah. or something. Yeah, and, and, and like I'm telling you, I was with her every day. I know her workout regimen. It was <laughs> it was watching Friends or like Full House, bro. I've never seen an episode of Friends. No, that's a lie. I've seen like five. Full house. <laughs> Whatever, fine. I've okay. watched right, we'll okay. that. So I think just kind of us off of like osmosis, like Allie kind of worked her way mm-hmm. into like being a Division One athlete. And obviously genes play a part in it. But like. Yeah, yeah shout out to Dave and K. Moody. Shout out to Dave and K. Moody. <laughs> yeah, and their parents and their children and their children. Okay. <laughs> that's a song. okay. You're so funny. But, uh, but yeah, so I think, you know, like for, for my brother, um, he wasn't even supposed to go to Division One. He was a walk-on. And then after the first couple games, a couple guys got hurt. He stepped up, and then he started playing well. They, mm-hmm. gave, they gave him a scholarship. But, like, he was in Division Two. Like, he um, he played all four years. Actually played five, five. years because, yeah, yeah, yeah. he got hurt. Yeah. Um, but he still got a ring that year. Has five. Got five so, rings, right? Yeah, he always <laughs> – surprisingly, he doesn't tell me enough about that when we talk crap. But <laughs> yeah. he has five rings, and I forget about it. I got to eat some humble pie when yeah. I go to yeah. 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 talking about that. But um, – I'd say, like, for Nate, you know, like, genetically, he kind of had it in, too. Like, he, he was in the weight room a lot, but, like, in football, you know, it, you don't have the, like, the demands of, like, basketball where it's, like, okay, dribbling, shooting, passing, yeah, yeah. like, IQ. It's kind of just, like, if you're More beast, games, yeah. too. Oh, for that's sure. That's the thing. And it's, like, if you're just an athletic beast, like, football, track, like, those sports you're going to excel in, no matter mm-hmm. what, you know, no matter what. I'm not going to say no matter what work you put in, but, like, it's, like, weight room, hour a day, and it's, like, you can build your body pretty well. Yep. And that's what he did. And then it was, like, well, Allie came up, and at this point, I didn't even know if you were going to be a Division One athlete or not. <laughs> Me neither. I, but <laughs> I, I thought you would go to, like, a, maybe a Black Hills, but I was I was surprised that, pleasantly surprised you went to, you know, NDSU. And then for me, it was, like, okay, as a young kid, I remember – uh, I was looking at my dad in the office, and so he was a volleyball coach at the time, right? And he's doing all this paperwork, and, you know, Allie remembers he was always on the road. He was always traveling, mm-hmm. and we didn't have a lot of time with him. So, like, my dad always would be like, hey, go make, a, like, a 100, 200 free throws and then record them. Tell me how much you get. So I do that. Okay, Dad, I did this, like, five times. Can we play one-on-one yet? Like, I just want to beat you. I just want to beat you. Like, yeah. come on. Like, I just want to play one-on-one. So... Um, he would do that, and then I remember, like, I'm just, like, waiting for his attention. Like, I'm a little kid. I need to be yeah, – I'm, I'm at the office. Like, come on. Come play with me. I don't yep. get this real – so I was probably, like, man, six, seven, eight around there. And I just remember, you know what? If I work as hard as I can, I can play basketball because I loved it at that point. You know, and that's, that's uh-huh. rare when you love it that early. Yeah, for sure. I was, like, if I put all my time and my energy and all my marbles into this, I can get paid – to play a game, mm-hmm. but not just paid. I can get big bucks to play it. So even at a, at a young age, I understood <laughs> these things. Yep. And so that's where it started for me. Then it's like I'm in third, fourth grade, and then I'm at the community center at 3 o'clock when school gets done, and then my mom has to call me, call the front desk at the community center, say, hey, is on in there? Can you go check in the gym? They'd be like, hey, on in, get down. Your mom wants to talk to you. <laughs> like, mom, I'm playing a game. What are we doing right now? I'm playing a game. I'm about to lose. You know, like. Anand, you need to come home and eat. Just, you know, ride your bicycle back. Like, no, Mom, I'm not leaving. All right, I'll bring the lunch to you. And then she'd come, and then we eat in the main, main no part. Way. I'd eat my lunch, my PBJ. All right, bye, Mom, love you. And I'd go yeah, back and go. play till 10 o'clock. You know, that's every day 
Um, I can attest to that. Like when, growing up, I go to the community center all the time, and I just see him working on it, on his craft <laughs> every go. single day, all the time. I was like, yeah. wow, this kid. Like at fourteen, I would see you even lifting weights and stuff. I'm like, this kid's special. Yeah. I, I just could tell right away. But That's and cool. it, it, what, what, it wasn't anything special in me. It was just like I had a purpose, and yeah. I think like nowadays, especially kids, lack so much purpose. Yeah. they don't. They they just exist. Bars. Yep. That that is bars though for real. We talk yeah. about this a lot. Like I talk about it with everybody, even little kids that I see. It's like, okay, like what do you want to be? Yep. Like I'm I'm not gonna say China has it, but it's like at least they set you up to like you know at least have an idea of what you're gonna be. Exactly. You know, your parents did this. Okay, we're gonna have you do this. Yeah, you know, and they obviously you know there's some we flaws there. we, we know the problem there's with China. Yeah, but at some point it's like okay, if you're six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, when are you gonna actually like work for something? Yeah. Instead of just watch cartoons. Put in the long-term yeah. work. Exactly. You know? And it's like, I think it, it comes with a perspective. And that's like why I'm blessed that I got that at a young age. Because then yeah. I was like, oh, I see what the light is at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So, okay, if I start now, let's see. I got a couple years till I'm in junior high, you know, and then, okay, let's see what, what I'm at in junior high. And then I get to junior high. Man, I'm better than these high schoolers. Okay, by the time I'm out of junior high, I'm going to be better than all of them. Mm, and then yeah. it was like, you know, I'm a freshman in high school. But the the hardest thing is to think that you have time. Yeah. And that's what I regret. Even like those times where it's like, man, I'm tired, man. I'm only in eighth grade, though. I got time. Yeah. I'm going to go home and just eat some fruit snacks yeah. and watch some TV. Exactly. And it's like those times are when greatness is, is shaped. And it's like yeah. those hours, what would I have been with those hours? You know? Yeah, and so true. that that's what that's what sucks, though, is like you always think you have time. Yeah, it goes quick. Do. And it man, quick. It, it's crazy. You're 26, 27. Yep. Yep. Turn 26 tomorrow. Yeah. I'm yeah. 22. It feels like I'm in a 15 year old's body. Like, I just feel so young, but it's like, yeah. dang. Like, now I realize I'm a grown man, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I got to start acting like it. I got to mm -hmm. use my time like a grown man. Yeah. But it's like, if these lessons can be learned when you're a kid, Oh my god, that's what that's what you see is like professional athletes, you know, like mm -hmm. Steve Nash, Steph For Curry, sure. like guys like that that aren't genetic beasts. It's like they had a craft and they knew what they were gonna do. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, I guess I go back to like like my wife. She's she uh, was recruited by a few Division ones and everything. She came over to DSU eventually just because mm -hmm. she didn't want that pressure of a D D one. Mm -hmm. But the way she had to work, because she's a cross country track runner, mm -hmm. the way she had to work, like she didn't have like her parents were pretty intense people. But, like, she just went out and worked, like, every day all summer long and everything. And you could just see it. And then, like, I wasn't the one that put in a lot of work in high school. And, like, I just always think of, what, like, what could you become, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to see that. Like, I coach now. I don't want to see kids yeah. saying, what could I have been Man. if I would have done that? You know, mm -hmm. if I listened to coach or if I would have done my own work, you know? Exactly. Yeah, like, the pain of regret is far greater than, like, the pain of a hard workout. Yeah. I'd say yeah. far greater than anything, man. Yeah, it, man. It's, it's crazy. It's uh, my, my story. I was, I was more plagued. And I, I, hold this, I, I hold this to a standard, and I'm proud of it. But that was – I kind of had the same mentality you did. Like, there yeah. will not be another person that outworks me. Mm -hmm. There's going to be people that are more talented, for sure, mm -hmm. for sure but you'll never outwork me. And that actually kind of uh, worked against me. I had three shoulder surgeries and I had a, a, a blue, yeah. a completely blew out my knee. It wasn't ACL, yeah. wasn't it? I snapped my patellar tendon. Oh. So like it, uh, it worked against me in the end, yeah. you know, cause uh, there was no shut off valve. Yeah. So like, I think where greatness comes to a head is brains, the smarts to know one, when to quit and when to push. Yeah. Um, and that hard work, that's yeah. when greatness comes to that, that. See, that's, that's true though, too, is cause like we, we don't ever talk about like overuse of the body, mm -hmm. especially as a kid, you know, yeah. like if you're not hydrating yourself, yeah, and kid just goes, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, all of a sudden he has all this knee pain and Achilles pain and then he's yeah. breaking bones. It's like, well, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So I think that is a good, a good, uh, aspect of it too, is like, um, giving kids like knowledge. Because, mm -hmm. like, sometimes we think that, you know, everything we say just goes over their head because they don't understand. The, it's like kids will listen. They're a sponge, you know, man. For at, sure. at, at the time, it might not seem like it, but yeah. they remember. Like, I remember being a kid, just things that I absorb, and I still yeah. remember this day. And I'm like, man, I, I know the person talking to me at that time yeah. was not thinking that I was listening, but mm -hmm. I was. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they absorb that. And then all of a sudden, maybe two or three, two or three years later, yeah. they'll, like, get some information. They'll be like, wow, they'll have a new revelation of that. They'll mm -hmm. be like, wow, that makes sense why he said that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, my dad would always say, uh, he would always say, nobody can take your confidence from you. Only you mm -hmm. can do that. Only yep. you have the power to do that. But as a kid, I'm like, 
like, what if they tell me this? What if they take exactly. that? Yeah. It's like, the, then they take it away. And I always argued with them. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Like, that's so true. It Nobody don't matter. Can say, yeah, There's exactly. So much truth to that. You know, and so that's the thing. You got to just like tell kids how it is, yeah. you know, and not worry about like if they're going to understand it because one day they will. Yeah. And like we coach sixth graders on all the way up to like seniors. And the sixth graders are the ones that I've seen buy into it the most. And like in one year, like last year we had a seventh grade girl in track. She won the two mile in our region and went to state and like competed at state as a seventh grade girl. Like when does that happen unless you're buying into something, you know, and that's at seventh, sixth and seventh grade back when like you're saying we're just eating fruit snacks and watching cartoons. Mm -hmm. This girl's out running at night like by herself or with her mom and stuff. I'm like, what? So you can really get through to those kids. And there's a lot of them that listen. And once they see it start to pay off. Yeah. That's when, by the time they're seniors, they're winning state and they're exactly. going to the D1, Yeah, you know? So, yeah. Um, but Allie, you probably had a diff. you said you had a different experience growing up, right? Uh, a little bit with like training and everything or? I would say that, yeah, it was different in a lot of ways, mostly just because Anna and I are two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely had a stronger work ethic than I did. <laughs> I, because my parents, I mean, being college volleyball coaches, I think I always felt the pressure of being really good at volleyball and there wasn't really a line between them being my parents and them being my coaches. So I really like kind of like grew to resent them for them making me get in extra reps when I wanted to go hang out with my friends or um, whatever it was. And they, and I'm, they didn't make me do like, I had a lot of freedom to, to like do what I wanted to do, but, um, yeah, so I just I just didn't have the work ethic that Anna did, and I just really I've realized um, since I've been done that I just didn't really like volleyball was never gonna be like my life's passion. Mm-hmm. Like Anna loves basketball. Anna loves basketball, <laughs> and I just like sports was never gonna be that for me. And but growing up in an environment when sport where sports was literally everything, mm-hmm. it was it was kind of confusing for me. So and I kind of felt like sports was my only option and like the only yeah. thing that really mattered um so it's been cool to grow out of that and like discover other passions that i have and like uh, other freestyle gifts. rapping yeah like freestyle rapping <laughs> yeah yeah i like to rap. okay now we go to break <laughs> and our sponsors now <laughs> I, I set that one up too much <laughs> um so if I, I had a similar experience. My dad my dad played professional baseball. Um, he wow. played he played in Australia professionally, which is still considered professional. Yeah. Then he came back to the states and actually was um, played for the Atlanta Braves for a little bit. Wow. Um, so me going to an NEI D two school, it's like bottom of the barrel. But how did you how did you navigate that? Because I had similar experience like one of my best sports was baseball but it was my dad's passion it wasn't mine mm. and so like navigating this is my parent but also this is my coach so like were there any instances like that were tough to navigate with that um yeah i don't know i huh any instances that were tough to navigate i nothing comes to mind like specifically but just overall like it's it's a different it's almost a different relationship because yeah. your your parents are yeah. uh, from the sounds of it both of them they didn't push their their passion on you guys they just wanted to give you the drive mm-hmm. to find what you what, exactly what you wanted to be passionate about and that's good mm-hmm. um, some some parents can't can't find that line where it's like I was good at I was a star in high school my kid's mm-hmm. gonna be a star you know like that's yeah. the unhealthy side and it yeah. sounds like it was a a healthy motivation for both of you. Yeah. That's good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Did you, like you guys had a choice on like what, cause you all pick different sports, like yeah. Nate with football, yeah. you got basketball, That's volleyball. Cool. Yeah. Obviously there's not a lot, like I haven't heard of men's volleyball until I went to, I went to Grand Canyon university right out of high school. And that's when I first heard of men's volleyball. And I'm like, these mm-hmm. guys are seven feet tall. And <laughs> I played fl- in like a flag football league with one of these guys and they're super <laughs> athletic, but yeah. you guys all got the choice of like what you really wanted to find. You just had to find a passion. It sounds like in some, in, in one sport at least, yeah. you know, but what's, um, what has been the hardest transition for you? going from a college athlete to being done with college? Honestly, it's the relationships. I was just thinking the other day um, about how thankful I was that I got to be a part of such like a tight knit team. I mean, any team is 
just you get there's a different kind of closeness with your teammates than there is in other friendships and it's just like built into your life um so I think the hardest transition for me has been not having those close relationships like the people that I just do life with day in and day out they know everything in my schedule they know what I'm struggling with they know what's going great and I just haven't like I've gotten caught up in the busyness of post-college life and I haven't really taken the time to nurture those relationships or create new ones um so and I still have close friends but that's what I miss the most that's what we talked about with a lot of these senior athletes like yeah you have your high school friends but there is a different type of level of friendship and relationship with your college your college friends especially if you play college sport yeah you go to war with them every day 100 percent yeah straight up it's uh they they (laughs) talk about they talk about the best type of bonding is fear bonding Mm -hmm. and to some extent this is a type of fear bonding. You're going through a hard workout. You you failed on the court. Now you need to succeed and you need those people around you to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's people that don't play college sports. And that's kind of cool that we've all had that that aspect of it. They don't know. You know, it's the similar to the military. Yeah, of course. You know, it's, 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 it's such a brotherhood and sisterhood that can't be broken you know so but that's what people struggle with off the bat i struggled with it like my identity was coley wartman the football the college football player Mm -hmm. and then things hit the wayside and it's like uh (laughs) uh-oh like what are you gonna do you know so it's it's a good it's a good pivotal time in a lot of people's lives though Yeah. yeah for sure and like when you first get off to college like those are like your new basically your new friends you're basically like a brother or sister and uh do you feel like you it was easy to grow up once you got to college or do you think it took time like working with those like all these friends and like did you take like a year or two to feel like a grown-up or did you feel it right away it took me time i don't know about you it took me some time man define growing up (laughs) well not not like like not becoming being a successful stock trader and yeah (laughs) we don't need that no like just starting to mature and like uh not that you're like stop like doing what you did in high school, but more so like go into this next phase of a more mature setting, like where you have to make choices on your own, yeah. and like you might not always make the right choices, and then there's actual consequences that come with that. Like, oh, yeah. was it hard to grow up, or like did you feel, or do you feel like you're still, obviously you're still growing up every day? But I mean, I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, was it hard to grow up? It was actually really, I enjoyed it because I think our mom loves to, she loves to serve us. Like she loves to do things for us. And Mm -hmm. that's, um, yeah, that's just a big thing for her. So we've grown up, like we didn't do our own laundry. She did all the cooking. She still don't. She would ask. (laughs) On it still doesn't. How hilarious is that? My mom literally comes to Grand Forks and does his laundry. Let's go. Um, It's her treat. She enjoys doing it. Yeah, but deprive her of that privilege. I like that, man. Yeah, she (laughs) takes days off of work to go do his laundry because she wants to. She's like, I think that's where she gets it. I take her to the dining center. I give her a good meal. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so it was fun to be able to like learn that I can actually do things by myself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it was, and of course I made some mistake and I was definitely codependent on one of my friends. Um, I don't know. (laughs) So it was kind of like, there was good and bad, good and bad experiences in it, but. I I think in my experience, I I think male and female is so much different too. Yeah. It's like some of the kids on my team, I'm not even going to say kids, uh, some of the men on my team, <laughs> yeah. like they, they grew up in areas where it's like at 15, 16, you're already a grown man, yeah, you yeah. know? So it's like your mom and dad is letting you do whatever you want. Yeah. So at that young age, you're already making choices for yourself and becoming who you are. So like I noticed that like with people like that, they kind of come into a program with like this, they have that security built and like this confidence yeah. and aura of like they know yeah. who they are and what they stand for, even yeah. if it's not the right things, you know, yeah. but they have that confidence in mm-hmm. themselves. And I think just like where we come from, where our parents kind of did everything for us and we never had to struggle. We never had to like, you know, mm-hmm. think about where our next meal was going to come from or whatever it was like. It, it was just a different kind of adaption for yeah. me. It was like, man, like I'm an adult now. It's mm-hmm. like I'm 19 20 like i better start acting like it yeah yeah you know and then these guys are like 18 coming in and they come from these areas like milwaukee chicago new york and it's like you can just tell though that they have they they've been a grown man for a long time mm-hmm. you know and we, we like to think of that as age but the maturity that some of these guys had yeah. at like 18 19 it was like they can 
it, it was just amazing to see, you yeah. know. And then I asked, oh, what made you like this? Well, I'm a grown man at like 14. You yeah. know, my, my parents making let me money do what for I, the family. Exactly, food. whatever it is. You know, it's like some of these guys like making their own choices, like hanging out in the corner, like smoking yeah. weed at like 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it's yeah. like, you know, then you learn from that age. You know, then you learn from 13, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you're in college, You've already been through so many experiences. Yeah. You 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 basically have your whole like grip on life. Yeah. You know what you want out of it. Yeah. You know where we don't get that until college, where you see a lot of kids that where we come from. Yeah. They go to college and they start drinking and oh, they start sure. getting into the wrong groups because they never had to make their decisions for themselves. No. Their parents did it, or they did it out of fear of like I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, or I don't want my image to be bad. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest difference with like people in our area. And I tell little kids too, like, man, like start making decisions for yourself yeah. now. You know, your parents can't make it for you forever. I, that's I cool that, that you guys that you guys seen yeah. that too, because it's uh it works both ways. Um so Anand, what what are you most excited for? You've gone through the the transfer portal. Um you are now on to a different a different place. What are you most excited for? Man, to be honest, uh, we talked a little bit earlier. It's like a basketball decision. So mm-hmm. I'm just excited um, to, one, like meet a new group of guys. Like I FaceTime with a couple of my teammates. My coach is awesome. My assistant yeah. coach is like, like it, it's like a real like family type environment. So like I'm excited for that. But like most of all, it's like um, where like this opportunity can take me, you know, because like. It, man, coming from Dickinson, North Dakota, it just never seems right that you want to play professional basketball, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but like that's the goal and yeah. that has to be the goal because it's like, like I was watching Steve Nash highlights uh, this morning and it's like, man, if he can do this, I can do it too. Like, <laughs> yeah. If he's an yeah. NBA, man, if I get my cards played right, I can make it too. Yeah. And so it's like this kind of situation um, with them <clears throat> thinking that, you know, I'm going to be a future Big Sky Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. You know, Damian Willard came out of the same conference. Yeah. So... I, I I see the world as endless possibility, and that's what I'm excited for is to like really like put in work, mm-hmm. like seriously, just put in straight work Sweet, and yeah. grind, and, and hopefully try to make something out of myself and as far as basketball. And when it comes to an end, it comes to an end. Now yeah. I now I can be a PT, exactly. You know, but from right now, it's like I'm it's gonna basketball. focus on I'm gonna focus on basketball. I even had an offer um, from a D2 school to um, go play basketball there. They're a good team too. They made the NCAA Division II championship game like four out of the last six years. Yeah. So they're solid, right? I talked to the president of their school, right? Yeah. He, he was like, man, if you come here, I can get your grad school paid for. You will be a doctorate <laughs> in physical therapy for free by the time you leave here. Oh, wow. I turned it down. Basketball is the goal right now. Yeah. So like that's what I'm excited for is to yeah. like, like get with a group of guys and, and see what we can accomplish and see what I can do. I kind of like that. Like you kind of have a plan B, but right now it's focusing on plan yeah, A and, yeah. and you're going to get the most out yeah. of that. And I feel like the people that have had the most success, whether it's business or whether it's in anything, you always kind of put all your chips and you bet on yourself. You know, you got to yeah. bet on yourself. Yeah. And I think you bet on your own brand and, and you kind of just rock that because that's when you become the best version of yourself. And if it's going to be pro basketball player, man, you're putting all your chips on that. Exactly. You're going to ride it out. Yeah. And yes, sir. Yeah, Allie actually <laughs> helped me out with that too. You know, like getting all these calls. You hear so many voices and it's like I always go to uh, my mentor, Brennan Ware, who's in town. And he's, man, he's so awesome. I talked to him this morning. And then Allie. And I'm just like, what What should I do? You know, like give me some advice. Like yeah. what? And Allie's like, well, what do you want to do? I want to play basketball. Okay, then don't go to a school for PT. Exactly. That doesn't even make sense. Play basketball. So it's like, okay, what are my yeah. options? Uh, SCU, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do this. That's awesome. So, I like that. So yeah. getting to a little bit more of recent uh, stuff that's going on, and Ali, I'll ask you first, how has, how has, and then obviously you can talk about how it's affected basketball itself. How has COVID-19 affected you personally? How has it affected your family? Um, when you being outside of sports, it's not that sport thing anymore. How has it affected your life personally? Yeah, so I I, mean, I don't get to go to my job, which I love. I, mean, I still get paid to do my job, Where's which that? is crazy. I, I'm a para right now in nice. Fargo at an elementary school, and I'll be a school counselor next year at my literal dream school in Fargo. That's awesome. And that's so, what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> what school is that? At Clapp Elementary. Okay. It's the biggest elementary school in Fargo, and it's super diverse nice. and lots of needs, and I am so excited. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, and so, but I love the school that I'm at currently. I did my internship there, so that's why I'm a, a pair there this year because I just love it. And 
I miss the kids so much. They're my homies. My, <laughs> oh, I love them. So I that's how it's affected me. I don't get to hang out with my homies every day. Um, and it's but it's been mostly good. And yeah. I still do like food distribution for them. Um, so I get to see a, a lot of them, but it's been mostly good for me. And I've also been able to like help people in ways that I didn't have time to help them before. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what we've been seeing a little bit too, is I was, um, in early March or middle of March, I got a text saying, Hey, we need to shut down the gym. Like things are getting, getting Western here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we, I was very reluctant. I mean, like I was like bitter to the bone, like, no, there's people that need to get better. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just that mentality. But that same day I grabbed a note card and I said, things I can do without working. Yes. And I had to, because if I don't, um, complacency being stagnant, that kind of stuff sets in negative self-talk. So mm-hmm. I like that you're still able to have the roots there a little bit, you know, with, with seeing the homies and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's been cool. Just like things that I wasn't able to prioritize with a really busy schedule. I can now, like I, I wake up every morning and I read my Bible for hours and hang That's out awesome. with God because yeah. I have space in my schedule for that. And mm-hmm. I can do personal development. I can reconnect with people which has been what I've been missing from college. So exactly. it's, it's been a really cool You thing. brought up a great point, and it was uh, and it's escaping me now, but there was a Bible verse, and there was a, uh, a sermon that was given about that topic. And it's mm. so it's, it's crazy because our lives have got so busy in 2020, even 19, whatever it is, it's got so busy that it, we usually don't fill our cup with Jesus or fill yeah. our cup with God until later at night. Yeah. And our cups already let's say yeah. six eighths full, whatever it is, it's already dang near full. And we have this much room to put it in there. Mm-hmm. You just brought up a good point. You wake up, you can dive into the word. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can you can read, you can pray, you can um, connect. And now your cup's only a fourth full and you can put whatever else you want in it. Mm-hmm. But you have a good foundation like what we were talking about. Yep. So Love that. yeah, that's that that's good stuff. I like that. Yeah. So how has it affected on and in, uh, in, in the basketball pursuit? I mean, to be honest, I think this time right now that we have is like exactly what I needed. You know, mm-hmm. like I remember yeah. even before the medical redshirt, I was like, man, I just need an extra year to get my body right. Yep. So I've dealt with uh, fifth metatarsal break, freshman year of high school. Um, I had a bipartite patella, which, which means that I had a piece of my kneecap removed yep. my sophomore year. Um, Achilles tendonitis. I tore the sheath of my Achilles, not like the Achilles tendon, but the sheath around it. Yep. Um, multiple, multiple injuries that my doctors never prescribed me PT for. Wow. So I, I came back because my coaches were like, hey, we need you. You know, yeah. like basketball season's coming up. I just broke my fifth metatarsal. <laughs> they're like, hey, we need you. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. So they're calling me like Sally and stuff at practice, sitting on the sidelines. Oh, and it's wow. like, man, screw you guys. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm going to show you guys up. So I'm jumping and I'm landing on one foot, going up for a jump shot. And then these mechanics kind of like built in and stabilized into the way that I move. Oh, and then eventually it was like, you know, I went to college and it was like, gosh, like, why can't I move this well? And yeah. it's like, then I'm realizing, well, I have this anterior pelvic tilt, my knee caves in, my arch drops, my shoulder drops. It's like this whole kinetic chain that happened Dude. because of my foot. And it's like, man, how do I fix this? And it's like, that's where I've like been talking about where it's like, you can find out all the information that you want on the internet. So I go and look and guess what? I find every time. There's nothing yeah. that I can't learn about. So uh, right now I've been doing this program um, from Functional Patterns, and you should you should follow them on yep. Instagram. They're they're solid. I don't know if you've heard about them. Yep. Um, but anyway, so it's right now the program is to like uh, break down the muscles that are like all tense and tight, you know, that are keeping that like stability the way it is. Mm-hmm. So break down the whole system, and then now it's like putting in postural elements because if you don't have good posture, you can't move well. You efficient know? exactly you you're less move. efficient there's energy leaks exactly so i'm trying to get rid of those energy leaks you know what i'm saying and so like this has been the best thing for me because now i have time to wake up in the morning release my tissue work on my posture and then i don't have to deal with the stress of like you got to get this workout in on it yeah, and, and then know? practice exactly and then school you know because then when i when i can't think about like how i can integrate this posture into like my movement then it's like i go back to how i was and then now it ruins all the progress that I just made. Yeah. So now that I have time off, I literally just I literally just do that. I don't That's even awesome, work out. Man. Yeah, you brought up a crazy cool point that a lot of people that are not in the industry of strength and conditioning know about. And you talked about a kinetic chain. 
And yeah. a lot of the times, man, we see terrible movement patterns. And I see this with my college athletes. Uh -huh. um, I train a few pro bullfighters and bull riders. Um, and I see it with that. But a lot of the stuff you're talking about, your fifth metatarsal, um, a lot of the issues that happen, if this is my foot, you'll see the collapsing of the arch, which causes our valgus knee drive, yep. which causes an internal rotation of our hip, which then over time can lead to anterior pelvic tilt. Exactly. You know, so like a lot of the times we see the issue, it's either a collapsing or a weak arch. Or there's some kind of hip issue and they're like, oh, my knee hurts. This hurts. Yeah. It's like if you've heard of Gray Cook, he's one of the uh, amazing PT, but he talks about your joints are stacked on top of each other. It's mobile, stable, mobile, stable, mobile, stable. Mm -hmm. And if there's, say, if you have knee pain, almost 100% of the time, the actual issues in your hip or your ankle. Yeah. But the pain is coming in the knee yeah. because it's overcompensating. So you brought up a great point. We see it with so many athletes, dude. And they're like, oh, my, my knees dive. Well, what caused that? Exactly. Your arch gave out. And exactly. so we do a lot of we do a lot of toe strengthening. We do a That's lot awesome. of arch strengthening. Mm -hmm. Even with the basketball players at DSU, like they're like, Why why am I working out with not any shoes on? I said, When was the last time you didn't have a pair of basketball shoes on? You know, yeah. like they live in basketball shoes. Mm -hmm. And so we would do our Bulgarian squats, a lot of that stuff, barefoot foot elevated like we do yeah. a lot of that stuff yeah I, I know i just met you but you know what you're talking about like, <laughs> hey, i just I, met you this is I'm, crazy you call me maybe numbers. dropping bars we yeah. might have to we yeah. might have to do our own podcast exactly, yeah. exactly. i'm just it's, kidding no, we're not gonna weave taylor out of no, this no, we're not no. gonna weave taylor out of this let's, we can't disrespect him like that it's <laughs> it's it's good it's good stuff to know because yeah. um if you don't have that it's it's we're talking about the foundation there exactly you're gonna put an athlete that has a collapsing arch and throw 300 pounds on his back. Yeah. <laughs> you probably shouldn't, you know, yeah. that's just, that's my philosophy on things. One other thing I was wondering about too, though, is uh, about fascia and like tensioning fascia of the feet. Yeah. So like if I have uh, like the structure, like the bone structure of an ankle right here mm -hmm. and I get a piece of saran wrap and I wrap it around like the, the muscles, that's like your fascia, right? Yep. So the reason that a lot of people have ankle sprains and it's, you know, really mobile and it's not very, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is because that saran wrap is really loose. So what we have to do is we have to like tense tension overcompensate exactly yeah. tension that saran wrap so it the fascia can be nice and tight. And then what you do is you have that energy transfer that goes up the rest of the chain into the glutes. Yeah. So it's like connecting the feet to the glutes, and then that's because most good athletes are glute dominant. Hundred percent. So it's like a lot of people are quad dominant now because we have anterior pelvic tilt from the shoes that we yeah. wear yeah. and all this stuff like that. So. Like, all of this stuff is, like, groundbreaking. And now it's, like, like this stuff, honestly, is the reason why I'm going to SUU. Because it's, like, wow, I can change my body. I have hope. Yep. You know, I can maybe get to a 40-inch exactly. bird one day. And I can exactly. get to, like, my athletic potential. But without that, it would be, like, man, I just need to get a job. This isn't going to yeah, work out. Because I think, like, skill set, you know, is important. But you need an athletic base to be able to perform in any sport. Yeah, and dude. I don't have that, but I'm like, I can get that because I know how to get that. And yeah. the people that make it to the highest level aren't the most talented per se. They're the ones that fend off injury the longest. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're the people sure. that uh, get their energy leaks in, in check. They're making sure they're moving right biomechanically. Yep. And then those are the guys that make it. Because yeah. sometimes the most talented get caught up in the wash and get hurt or this, that, and the other, you know, it's, 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 um, it's very humbling, but it's, it's, it's really cool that you're pertaining to that, that you're really diving into that because that's what sets people apart. Yeah, and so, it's important and yeah. we all have a body. So it's yeah, like, it's important man. information for anybody to learn. Yep. yep. For sure. At any age. At any age. Yeah, exactly. Cause we all have pains. Yep. We all, we're all going to have back pain one day. Oh yeah. You man, know? talk oh, yeah. about back pain, right? Gravity, dude. Gravity. <laughs> Allie, she visited me right after I had back surgery, I remember. <laughs> that was like when we first started hanging out. But yeah, so I, I've been experiencing a little back pain, trying to fend that off as much as possible. Oh, yeah, I got some yeah. hardware in my back. Ooh. So Yeah, not good. Sorry, I had another question for you. So with like making your decision on your college, do you think because of the virus and everything, it made it easier to actually like process everything and think about it and, and maybe get in contact with coaches even that's process a good question. 50 calls yeah it, it honestly i think i got more calls because of this thing because yeah. every like every assistant coach is just like on their computer waiting for somebody to pop up and pull that they want to <laughs> oh, call yeah. Yeah. like every assistant coach and so i think that if this would have happened a year ago 
it would have been more sporadic, I wouldn't be committed by now yeah. because I wouldn't have got all my options. You know, and coaches yeah. are still hitting me up, not knowing that I'm committed. But it's like if this happened beforehand, like there's just so much going on in our world today, you know, and, and it, it's hard to be a college recruiter. You know, but oh, yeah. now it's pretty damn easy. Yeah. yeah. yeah put that you explicit on there too. Damn doesn't qualify. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie's gotta drop a couple F bombs or something for that. Yeah, we know that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's blessed AF, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I I think I think it made it easier. Yeah. So I guess going into like an, another maybe this I don't know if this will be our last question, but I I just wanna ask it is like when you guys think of yourselves, what do you consider to be your brand or what you're known for? What do you want to be known for throughout your life when you look back on it yeah. or how people look at you? That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to dodge that right now and go to Allie. Oh, oh, yeah. Allie, what's your brand? Let's go. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really, truly, when people look at me and when people interact with me, I want them to feel like they're accepted and they're loved and... And I think that exemplifies like who Jesus was and is. And so that's really the underlying purpose of everything that I do and every... That's that teacher in you too. Interaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I want people to see Jesus in me. And I know that people do because I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me and the Holy Spirit directs me in that. And that's what I, I love working in a school um, with that mentality too, because there's so many kids that don't feel valued or accepted, yeah. and or they don't receive any attention or love at home. No one's calling out their gifts or, yeah, things that they're good at. So I love. I just want to be that person for the rest of my life to like point out value in other people. That's so good. Yeah, that's so good. That's, that's great. I guess mine kind of ties into that a little bit too, but it's like. Um, I think everybody, like, they don't have, like, a distinct, distinguished purpose when they come into the world. Like You've you talked about you, this a few times you, today. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You get to you get pick your purpose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I could have picked football, basketball, hockey. I picked basketball. God didn't pick it for me. I picked mm -hmm. it, right? Yep. Yep. He gave me a drive to be able to make something of it, but mm -hmm. I picked basketball. Oh, yeah. And so, like, what I want to try to tell kids, like, especially, like, young ones in, in junior high that don't have an identity yet, it's like, it's like, First of all, nobody makes your world except you. So what are you going to make of it? You know, mm -hmm. are you just going to sit on the couch and watch TV or are you going to go try to do something with it? So like yeah. no matter what you do, though, like give it your all, mm -hmm. you know, so like try to make something of the time that you have here instead of just existing. Yeah. yeah man. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that's something that like, you know, I kind of want to build a foundation of myself is that I'm going to tell you the truth no mm -hmm. matter what, even if you don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, because it's like I'm not about like hurting your feelings or making you feel better it's like what can i do to help you and sometimes yeah. like you know like if i'm doing nothing like ali's called me out even during quarantine <laughs> like hey Anna, you're not doing anything <laughs> like why don't you do something it's like okay yeah you know i'm not doing my releases as much i could be reading more but it's just so easy to get engulfed into like social media our culture yeah. and care about things that are so irrelevant so it's like yeah it's, it's like at the end of the day you know like i'm gonna walk out of here and it's like you know I'm not going to talk to you guys for a while. And it's like, okay, if, if I said something that was bad or like whatever, I can't dwell on that. Yeah. You know, it, and it's like, I'm like, just to be honest, like you guys aren't like a foundational part of my life. Yeah. So like, why would I value, like, what you guys think of me so much? Same thing with social media though. Exactly. You know, like if you said, Hey, Anand, you know, I think you're a terrible person. I heard this about you. <laughs> it's like, I can't be affected by yeah. that. But if you said, Hey, Anand, you're a great person. You know, I can't be affected by that either. No. Otherwise, like, be a roller coaster. exactly. And that's what so many people are because of social media. We're yeah. looking at like external sources for identity and like self validation yeah. instead of ourselves. Yeah. So it's like, you should create that, you know, like try to do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like, I have a younger brother, brother named Tyrese um, that moved from Florida. And I just try to tell him all the time, man, like this high school stuff, you are not going to know these people when you go Never. to college. You're not going to talk to them. So, like, stop worrying about what they think. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I got to dress a certain way so they think I'm nice. Yeah. I got to talk a certain way. Bro, I'm telling you, in two years, they will not be in your life. So, screw them. What's the best way to get that to those kids? Because I look at that, too. Like, yeah. I, if I was my parents, I would have slapped the shit out of me. There's the explicit. There it is. Explicit. Uh, we made it. Like, <laughs> I want these. I want these rock revival jeans. Yeah. I want. I want the like. Man. How do you get that to a kid? Yeah. 
these people don't matter. Yeah. You know, like you have it, to you have to go through so it. Hard. Yeah. You have to go through it, I think, honestly. You can't yeah, dodge man. it. Yeah. Because like, man, it's just like even having old teammates, like you're part of a culture when you're part of a team. You want to fit in. You want to be friends with your teammates. Yeah. But it's like, what was I sacrificing out of my own individuality to become more like them? Yeah. And so then they would like me. And it's like, man, like they're still my brothers, but I'm not talking to them on a daily basis. They don't mm-hmm. determine what I do. They don't even give me any life anymore because they're not For my sure. teammates. I don't see them every day. So like, what is the point then of like being in an environment and just like being like a you know, just molding to whatever you're a part of? Yeah. You know, it's like there's no there's no like yeah, I, th- I think you're going to have anxiety, depression, depression. Um, lack of identity problems for the rest of your life until yeah. you do that. And you got to go through it to experience it. I think it. you, you got to know that you're going through different seasons of life. Yeah, yeah. There's exactly. different seasons. There's yeah. different people in each season. There's yeah. different scenarios in each season. Mm-hmm. If you can break it down like that, that might help, you know, just like even spiritually. Like yeah. you go through different seasons yeah. in life. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and I think you have to look past the season you're in, though, because, like, I see... To so know many, that there's another one. Exactly, and to, like, look forward to something, because if you're not living for your future, you're living from your past. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you're identifying yourself with your past and what's happened when you're trying to identify yourself with your future. If you don't have a clear purpose or clear, like, goal or what do you want to do in your life, you're yeah. always going to be living from your past. Yeah, mm-hmm. that brings so, up a great quote. I, I It's for uh, Space and Me who said it, but they said that if you're living in your past... You're going to be depressed. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to live in your future, you're going to be anxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if yeah. you're living for now, that's the only true happiness you can have. Yeah. You know, and like that, that's plain and simple. You know, yeah. like you can't, you can't let the past define you, but you can't let it haunt you at the same time. You know, yeah. you got to, you got to find a balance. Yeah. I would say, hey, forget about the past, live yeah. in the moment, but be aware of the future. Yeah. So yeah. be aware that after this next, like, you know, block that I'm in with SUU. I'm not going to talk to these guys after that. So yeah. why am I going to come in there and try to be part of everything? You know, yeah. I should go and be myself. And I think just kids, kids, man, they they need a refresher on that. Especially you know? the kids nowadays. It, man, it's it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. So on and thinking about um, how to help kids in like a practical way. Maybe you could talk about that video that we watched on dopamine release and like yeah. tuning into the boredom. I think that could be a big. Yeah. Piece. Okay. okay. So even okay. the guy on functional patterns and. He talks about how two times a day he goes and sits in his yard for three hours and does nothing. And he calls it tuning into the boredom. And he says, when you stop being bored with being bored, then you'll start healing, you know, because then your anxiety goes away, you know, and you can kind of tune into that present moment instead of worrying about the future, Mm -hmm. thinking about the past. So it's kind of like tuning in and it's like detoxing your dopamine levels because like the reason we don't want to study, phones, dude. Mm-hmm. man, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy if you actually look at the science on this. Like the reason that we're not happy is because like we're not getting pleasure out of our daily like yeah. activity through like interaction. Like this is making me happy. You this know? is long form interaction that we don't get to have it, on a daily basis. Exactly. And then cor- coronavirus and like quarantine is just like bringing this out of people and they're like, oh, I need to do something. It's like, no, you need to sit the fuck down. Sit in your head. <laughs> sit in your head. Yeah. You know, sit in your head a little bit. Exactly. And so this, this, uh, this video is just about how like if you go on your phone or if you play a video game, you might get like three times the amount of dopamine you get from reading a book. Mm-hmm. So your body doesn't want to read the book. So how do you train your body to want to read the book? You have to downgrade the dopamine receptors yeah. so that even the boring, like tune into the boring. So then when you read a book, it's like, man, this is this, this is, is nice. Awesome. Like if, if you're if you're like if you're like me and your mom cuts all the time, she puts a bowl of rice in front of me. I'm like, man, a bowl of rice? Are you kidding me? Like, mom, you could have done better than this. I'm not gonna eat that. I'd rather starve. But if I'm on a deserted island, that bowl of rice, baby, Legit. oh my gosh, I'm going in. I'm <laughs> yeah. diving in. So it's like that's the same thing with dopamine, though. So like when you aren't so tuned into all of these like these like you know like stimulants, then you take that away, and then now the stuff that wasn't so nice is it, great. It's yeah. great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's why we lose so much human interaction now is because we don't get things from it. We get things from being on our phone. Stripping away the BS, man. Just exactly. Stripping away all the BS. Yeah. Do you think it applies to like when back when you were like 14, 15, just shooting shot after shot and you were bored out of your mind? Like when you get to that game setting, do you think it just gives you that bigger release then because you were having to get like used to that? It could have been boring, I guess, just yeah. shoot shot after shot after shot. And then once you get to the game, it, like that's what you're looking forward to. Yeah. So you kind of trained yourself in that same setting, you know? Yeah, yeah I would say that just like the, 
you know, being a kid and having other people like watch you and validate you for being good at something is yeah. going to increase dopamine levels a lot. That's you know, true. like I, I remember in high school, I would have a big game and I'd look on Twitter what they're saying about yeah. me. And then the next day, everybody forgot about it. So I'm like, dang, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Why am I looking for this to make me happy when it's always going to go away? Yeah. You know, and, and so it's just kind of the same thing as like the game, the whatever, it's going to go away, you know, so like. How can we like make it not just like, you know, like you talked about, make you high and low? Yeah. Because I remember like after my junior season, that was my breakout season. Uh, man, all this publicity. I'm averaging like 33 a game. All of a sudden the season starts. Nobody says my name for a whole year. And I'm like, man, I was like depressed. Like, man, I'm not getting any validation. Like, I don't even want to go put in work because I'm not getting validation yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. And it ruined me. It ruined me for such a long time. And so I think just like being in a gym for hours and hours and hours and like, uh, just being specific and pertaining to small details and like like finding like happiness and dribbling and shooting a basketball yeah. like that that's good for kids that that's great for kids sure. instead of like being on your phone and playing video games and it's like mm -hmm. it is boring if you think about it but like if that makes you happy reading a book might make you happy too yeah makes my wife happy yeah <laughs> I don't know how but <laughs> she goes through like book three, three book. books a month at least probably that's, but that's crazy it's good yeah She's a quick reader, though, so I don't have that that blessing, you know. But I think I need to get back to the basics of that because I think yeah. anyone, like, especially, like, learning just during this, uh, this pause on life, I call it, like, mm -hmm. if you get back to the basics, once we get out of this, it's going to be the biggest dopamine release. It's oh. just going to, life's going to, we're going to throw the biggest party. But yeah, exactly. That's, I think you need to embrace this right now. The people that are just binge-watching Netflix, which I've I've done that a little bit during this time, but like that's not going to get you anywhere. No, it's getting it's try to try to pick up a new hobby or something out of this, yeah, or learn right. something, and then yeah, be better in life once you come out of this. Exactly. I think it's been a blessing for a lot of us. I, we've heard the same thing from a lot of people. It's just been a blessing having this pause because you start mm -hmm. to grow as a human, and when you have yeah. all these things flashing in front of your face all the time mm -hmm. do you ever really get to grow if you don't tune those out or do you just kind of become like the mold of what exactly everything in your face is creating you to be so yeah. but it's uh it's i think the after the initial shock it became a very very positive thing yeah. yeah and i think it will obviously we have economic downturn we have a lot of stuff but that will always all come back yeah mm -hmm. yeah you know? and if we can become better human beings on the cellular level on our level on our family's level on our community's level and branch out mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be good for everybody man yeah yeah amen it was really awesome getting you guys into the studio probably my, probably my favorite one thus far yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. what, what is, is it like the, 10 or 12 already yeah, yeah. I, I don't know but you guys are dropping bars today Let's and go. like someone's gonna learn something from this episode yeah i know yeah. it so i'm gonna share it and have people watch it cause, yeah yeah sure, I, man. I, I like what you guys are doing though it takes a lot of it takes a lot of balls to put <laughs> yourself out there and do something yeah. like this especially like what we talked about when nobody in north dakota is doing this yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> they're behind man they're exactly. behind. i'm yeah. from wyoming it's the same thing yeah it's yeah. it's the the thought of radio is dead like yeah. radio yeah. advertising on radio is dead like all that this this long form discussion yeah. is is where it's and it's, at. it's teaching yeah. people to get back to the basics of communication yeah. mm -hmm. because i think that's something as a society we're losing yeah we don't ever just sit down and talk anymore. well yeah. even we've seen this with some of our uh senior athlete interviews we've done it's so much look at you said you're 22 yeah okay so you're you're a, a a little bit older than obviously these 17 18 year olds that we're talking to we've seen it's hard to hold the conversation it's hard to yeah. get deep into what they want or their purpose you know and yeah. it's it's hard so it's actually very enlightening when we can get a bro and sis in here and just yeah. just just talk man yeah it's cool i think it's hard for anybody to kind of be vulnerable and 100%. be themselves you yeah. know yeah. like what we talked about lack of identity yeah. you know I and, agree, and caring too much what people think and trying to fit in this mold that society wants you to be in it's like man just be yourself yeah mm -hmm. just throw Sweet. a couple f-bombs on the podcast exactly yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well we're gonna we'll wrap it up and call it a day but thank you guys for jumping on before you guys head back to when you guys are leaving yeah I mean, we don't even know. We don't have any plans. <laughs> we don't have any plans, that's for sure. We might get you back in the studio then. There you go. Okay. We might have to. I might have to drop a couple bars. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wrap next time. Yeah, yeah we will. Chef. Let's yeah, go. We will. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. This yeah, is the course. NLX2 podcast. <laughs>